Hello, hello. My name is Kim Addis, and I am the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching. And you have just joined the Frame of Mind Coaching podcast, where we invite leaders to join us on the podcast to get coached live and in person right on the show. Today, I can't tell you how excited I am to have this conversation with my guest, Richard Zink. Richard, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. So you are in Brampton, which is near Toronto, and you are the VP of sales for a company called Infield. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what you do, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what your challenge is and where you're headed to. Okay. Okay. So what we do at Infield, we, uh, we do self-serve cafeterias. Okay. They say it's, it's, um, it's almost like a store. And, and what happened is that when uh, I started six years ago, I seen people doing this in the U.S. And they were doing, it was a big business in the U.S. and not in Canada. And what they were doing, they were using a kiosk for people that would come up and they would buy, just like going to the grocery store and using the self-serve kiosk. Only we do this inside factories and offices. Okay. And uh, so what it is, I didn't have to create it. I could just buy, you know, buy a kiosk and do it. So <clears throat> I found an investor and we, we right away we went in and started doing, you know, a lot of sales with, uh, with the kiosk, self-serve cafeterias. Like we were doing like Amazon. We did all the Amazon plants and it was going really well. And I, let's see, I'm always looking for the next part of it. I'll turn that down. Yes, I forgot to tell you to turn off all your devices. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's off. Okay, so what we did is uh, I'm always looking to go to the next stage, and these were, were going for probably 15 years in the U.S. already. So what I wanted to do, I wanted to do it on an app. And uh, my partner, didn't, they didn't want to do it, so I left that company and started another one. And okay. then again, we, we, did, we started with the kiosk so we could have some business. And then when we went to do the app, he didn't, he didn't want to do the app. So I left again. And then I started again with, uh, now I went to Infield and I said to Infield, like, can you create an app for me? I don't want to have a kiosk. Kiosk is $16,000 and it's not personal. So I want to be in the hands of everybody because if I'm in their hand and I have a selling system that I can sell to them at work, I can sell them anything, anytime. And I can get payroll deduction. So I have a, a wallet that they could put money on from their pay and they can buy anywhere. So first we have to get them onto the, the app here at, at work. And then from there, then we can start creating the aftermarket sales, uh, selling other things. Okay. So, so Infield created the app for, for, for me and, and uh, we joined together and joined in a partnership. And now we're doing factories with an app. We're the only ones doing just an app in the whole world. Okay. So, and it's working well. It's very successful, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it takes off like right away, but it's it. You have to uh, first. I had to convince people to use a kiosk. Right. And when I first went into the kiosk, the first break, everybody came and told me to go to hell, and nobody used it. <laughs> right. So, so by the next break, I had everybody signing up because I what I did was I always look for. I always think that there's always these roadblocks. There's always a wall that you have to get through to reach the customer. And so what I did is. I figured out, you know, that uh, I th figured that they were afraid to use it and they were all working with other, you know, their other employees. They're all like friends and nobody wants to look stupid. So I, what I figured was that nobody would want to try it, look stupid to their friends because they couldn't do it. But it, it, that wouldn't have happened, but they don't, don't want to take that risk. 
So what I did is I, I put $5 on everybody's account. I said, if you would sign up, I'll give you $5. And, and, it, and it was like, that's all it took. And it went from nobody to everybody signed up. Wow. So all you had to do was give them an incentive to try it. Yeah, I had to let them know that I was thinking of them. Okay. They, they came up and they said, why did you give us $5? I said, you know what? I'm using your time and your break to sign you up. So I'm going to pay you for your time. I just wanted them to try it and see that, you know, they, it would work. Right? And, and it worked. Like right away, we got, we got everybody. We were covered by like Financial Post right away. So they did a big write-up on it. Amazing. But so now doing with the app, like coming back with the app, then you've got to do it all over again because people got used to the kiosk. Now you've got to get them used to an app. And with uh, COVID, it's made a big difference with COVID because now nobody wants to touch kiosk. Right. Yeah. And now the app is like very popular. Right now we're getting accounts like crazy. People are just calling left, right, and center to get us in. Amazing. So, but that's not really what you want to talk about, right? Like, so here you are, you're an entrepreneur, you're an innovator, you have great ideas, and you have the ability to implement them. And when you hit a roadblock, you take a sharp right turn and you try again some other way. So you have that gene inside of you. Meanwhile, you had some kind of experience in your life where you changed quite dramatically. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> well, see what happened. I, in, uh, I, used to, I used to run the, the catering trucks, the coffee trucks, going to the factories. That's what was I started doing when I, got, when I left home. Yeah. And <clears throat> I got really good at it. And uh, I, I just started taking over the industry in Ontario. So in, uh, like I went to Guelph in 1985, 1989, and I put uh, 10 trucks there one month. I put 30 trucks there in a year. Like we did $6 million a year. I ended up, and I computerized the coffee trucks. Okay. First ones ever to do. I did that in 1994. And I created my own truck too. I, I completely redesigned the truck and put a computer on it. And so I won uh, Entrepreneur of the Year in 1995 in Ontario and uh, got nominated for Canada. But the, the problem was, like I was in Toronto Sun. They did a full-page story on me. But it's so much press. I so, so many things. They just follow me because I'm always doing something different. And... But what I seen when I seen the story was I seen, you know, who the world seen me as and not who I wanted to be. And what do you think they saw and what did you want them to see? I, I was the destroyer because I could, I could go, I can go anywhere and take, like in se- selling is really easy for me. I could go destroy anybody. You go against me, I'll beat you every time. And I they say, I don't want to be that guy. Like I want to, change the world. And I, then I started thinking that if I could be a destroyer, why can't I be a creator? So I've been, I've been like, I, in 90, when I won the entrepreneur of the year, I quit. I quit everything. And I went away for a year and a half and I didn't do anything because I, I was trying to find who I am. Cause like the, the people just seem like people would pay me to, to go destroy other people. Like just tell me who do they want that guy's business. And I go take it. And, it, and it's just because I, uh, it's what happened to me in my youth. And I had to figure out, you know, what it was and how can I help people and how can I, you know, turn it around the other way, like to be a creator and make everybody win. So what happened in your life? In other words, how did you move from being a destroyer to a creator? I had to figure out what it was I was doing because I could, like I said, I, I just did things. I don't know. I just started, I would do things naturally. I just, it came to me. 
And I was trying to figure out, what is all these things just come to me? And what I, I learned was, that, like, over, it took me 20 years to figure it out now. And, and what it was is I, I can reach the flow state where all the ideas in the universe come to you. And, okay. and I had to figure so let's, let's slow down a bit, okay? Because you have, you're a guy who just gets stuff done. You're the one who's the mover and shaker. You have ideas, you implement them, you run with it, and you succeed. And so now you're talking about flow state, and our audience <laughs> is kind of going, wait a minute, what just happened? This, this conversation just took a sharp right turn. Yeah. What do you mean by flow state? So that people it's, understand exactly what you're talking about. Okay. So what I what I what I learned, like by studying myself, what I've done, and what I what I got was that uh, ideas don't come from us. Ideas come from the universe, and it, it's it's like it's like you're talking about. What is your company? Your company is about mindset, right? Frame of mind coaching. You're frame speaking my mind. language, but I want you to yeah. try to explain, right? <laughs> well, yeah. It's a frame of mind. It's a frame of mind. And, and what it is, is we're, see, we're, we're all been given a gift and, and the universe wants us to win. So the universe gives us all the ideas we need to win with our gift, but we don't use that. We've been taught. So in our society, we've been taught how to be something we're not right, right from birth. We are perfect when we're born. But then our, our parents teach us how they want us to be. Then the schools teach us how they want us to be. And we're, we're taught how to fit into everything. So by the time we're done school, then we get into a career and we fit in. And we're never happy because we're just always fitting in. We're not being ourselves. And, and it's, like you said, it's a, just a mindset. And when you, when, you, when you understand how it works, and then you can get to the flow state. And the, okay. the flow state is just a different frame of mind. Okay. I agree. It, so, it's, it, so, so, so what uh, I did is what I did when, when I was a child, I was abused at home. I had a real bad time at home by my dad. He was a bad guy. And, and the, so what I did is when I went to school, I, I thought, you know, people hurt you. So I stayed away from people. So what happened when I stayed away from all the other kids in school, I became picked on and bullied. But then I realized that, uh, I was bigger than the other kids. So whenever somebody would bully me, I would just beat them up. So I ended up fighting every day from grade one to grade eight. Every single day I was in a fight. Wow. Always people coming after me because I was, I was the one. that you had to beat the one, the big guy. And, and anyway, so my grade eight teacher taught me. He, he brought me in one day and he said, uh, he asked me why I fight. And I said, because kids call me names. And he goes, well, like, why, why do you fight? And I said, because kids call me names. He goes, see, it's like, can't you see it's not working? So they, they call you a name, you beat them up, and then what happens? I go, well, then they call me a name again. He goes, yes, I want you to try something different. He says, I want you to walk away. And I said, that won't work. He goes, no, what you're doing won't, isn't working. He says, I want you to try Try it for a week and then come back. So I, I went for a week. I came back. He says, what happened? And I said, well, <clears throat> they stopped calling me names. He goes, I just taught you how to respond instead of react. He's his biggest lesson you ever learn in your life. And I thought, yeah, okay, whatever. So I, I go through the year, and what I do is I, I had all this energy from every time they, they, they would still call me names here and there, but I had this energy inside. I would build up this superpower energy that nobody could beat me. 
right? And, and I would, I would, I could destroy anybody with it. But what I did is, I, instead of using my fist, I started using my mind. I put it into my mind, and then it took me somewhere. And that year, like I was always like an average student. That year, I had the top marks in the whole school, and I won the school letter. Wow! From just changing my my frame of mind of what I'm thinking, right? And that's and then I ended up taking that into business. And and what I would, what I was doing too before that, before that, what I would do is I always knew that somebody was going to attack me. And some days, twenty kids would come after me. But I always knew every day I was going to be in a fight, and I didn't know where. I didn't know where they were waiting for me or when they were going to get me. So I had to make sure that I knew everywhere I was going. So, like when I'm walking to school, I had to go in a way that I knew where all the fences were and all the gates were. Like if so many, too many came, I knew had had to know how to get away. Mm-hmm. I had to always know how to defeat them, right? And and see, so it was the same in the school because I wouldn't know where they were in the school. I'd walk down one hallway, and there they are waiting for me. You know. So you you learn to think strategically. Yeah, so what I did, so that, see, I didn't even understand what I was doing. I just did it. And this mm. is how I sell. So when I sell, I, I do that now. So what I do is I know that, I know that if, somebody is, uh, if somebody is dealing in anger, then they're not thinking. You can't access anything in anger. You can't access the, the, the universe with, with anger. You, I, you can't access any ideas. Richard, anger. I'm going to ask you to just move back so we can see your whole face. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. So, so yeah. So, so what happened was, so what I did was, I started putting all this together in my mind without even knowing I'm doing it. So when I went into the lunch truck business, it's very uh, like territorial. So if you go into somebody else's territory, they threaten you. That's just the way that business was. Right. So here I am in this perfect, perfect world for me to succeed. Because what I did is I made them mad. They got angry. I got smarter. They were, they were dumber because now they're angry. And I just, I knew everything to do to make them lose. So making someone angry also means that you're making them dumb. Yes. Because okay. you can't think when you can't okay. think when you're angry. Okay. So I would love to talk to you for a whole day and a half if I could. And maybe we will one day just yeah. hang out and talk because I think we have a lot to talk about. But for the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to ask you one question. What yeah. is the challenge that you want to share with our audience today? Uh, my challenge is, is letting go and just being me. Like, but you are you, go. right? I know, but it's, it's, I really, see, the thing is I'm still defeating people in sales. I can, I can take everything from everybody. It doesn't matter, though. It doesn't mean anything. At the end of the day, to me, it doesn't mean anything. So, I, want to, see, I want to be able to, I want to be able to teach other people. Okay. I, I, I tried it with a landscaper. My son's landscaping. And he was working for a guy and, and they had no business. This is like three, four years ago. And I went there and I said, you know what? I'm going to teach them because I was trying to teach people before. And the problem is I would go in and try to teach them and I would do everything and they would get lots of business and I would go away and everything would go away. Right. The business would drop. And it's like, that's not helping them. Okay. So what I did when the landscaper, I said, I'm going to teach you how to reach the universe. And I, I said, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm going to teach you what to do. And I'm not going to get you any sale. We're not going to canvas. We're not going to solicit. We're not going to advertise. We're not going to do anything. And I bet you all the sales show up. And he got billionaire clients, all the two school of Ontario right away. Okay. And so, so audience, 
those of you who are listening, be completely honest. How many people just want to go talk to Richard right now? Everybody. So uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to share with you something that happened to me that I think is very relevant for you. Okay. So 16 years ago, I started my coaching company called Frame of Mind Coaching, and I just started coaching people. And I didn't go to coaching school. I just started coaching people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it came from inside of me, just like it's coming from inside of you. And very shortly thereafter, I coached this one gentleman who said, oh, my God, like, how do I learn how to do this? I said, I don't know. Why don't you just join me? Coach with me. Like, I'll, I'll share with you what I'm doing. We'll figure it out. And after a little while, more and more people wanted to learn how I coach. Finally, one of my coaches says, said, can you put a class together? Can you actually teach us? And I said, I don't know how I do this. I just do it. Right? Like, it's not necessarily logical. But I was pushed. I was forced to actually create a certification program to teach people how to coach. And what I discovered was that there was a system inside of me that was invisible. Like I didn't realize it was there. There was a logic, there was a process, there was a philosophy, there was a methodology. And the minute that I was forced to teach someone is the minute that it became tangible and let's call it pass onable. I could pass it on. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're trying to do is pass on, let's call it your magic and package it in such a way that you can take it and give it over as a gift to somebody else to employ for their own use. Right? So the question becomes, how do you do that? How do you package it? And, and really it's by talking and having somebody else capture what you're saying. So instead of going in and doing anything for anybody, what you might do is do it alongside them and then say, here's why I did it this way. Here was my rationale. Here was my thinking. Here was my approach. Here's what I noticed. So now you're actually creating, let's call it Richard's plan for universal thriving. I don't know. I made it up, right? Yeah. But the moment you're able to take someone with you where that person is capturing your ideas is the moment that you're actually in a, in a role, in a position of being a teacher, a mentor, and I like to say a coach. Because you aren't really sure what you know. I'm, I'm getting there now. So what I do with the landscaper, I was, I was just doing things. Like I, I would let go and I would just do things without thinking about it. Like the idea... It came, I did it. The idea come, I'd do it. The idea come, I'd do it. And then what I what I got was I was thinking, well, this is all working for them. Like you said, like the same thing you were saying. Like as you start teaching, you start learning how you're teaching. So so then uh, I started doing this, those same things with my business. And it just, uh, everything worked. Everything worked. Like the first place I went into with the, with the kiosk for the, the cafeteria, I told the guy, I don't know how to do it. And he gave me the place. Uh, see, before I used to tell him I knew everything. And I started telling him what, I, what the truth was. That I don't know how to do it, but I'll figure it out. And he did it. And this is what I was telling the landscaper. Same thing. 
So it's very interesting because there are a lot of um, entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast and they're in a leadership position where they're out there, they're the maverick, right? In a way, you're a maverick. And they don't know how to pass along their skills, their knowledge, their intuition. They don't know how to do it. And in a way, you're in exactly that same boat. And so the way that we do it is we, you know, kind of have someone riding shotgun with us. But after we do what we do so naturally, we explain what we did, how we did it, why we did it, why we Mm. took this turn, why we said this, why we didn't say that, what we noticed, what we didn't notice. And what we have beside us is someone who's capturing it all, kind of like um, a scribe who's capturing your knowledge, your intelligence in a way that is repeatable in different circumstances. And that's exactly what you want to be doing is you want to be training in a hands-on capacity where somebody else is learning how you think, really, how you operate. And it, like, as I listen to you and as I see that you're trying to make a transition to doing more and more and more of this, your job is to have more and more people that you can train, that you can explain, that you can show, that you can demonstrate more and more of those scribes so that suddenly you actually bring together a body of knowledge or an approach that is uniquely yours, that now you can pass on over and over and over and over again. So in my case, I created what's called the frame of mind coaching methodology that I'm able Mm -hmm. to pass on from person to person to person to person. In fact, at the end of certification, they even get an exam to test whether or not they really got it, right? So there's, right? So, So for you, that's the course of action. Does that make sense to you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've, that's why I came up with the uh, center core focus thinking. That came okay. into me in ni- nineteen ninety nine. I just never did anything with it, and and I, I, I know the steps now. Like it took me twenty years, but I figured out the steps. I figured out how everything works, why it works, and that's what. See, that's why I can say I can I can show you why it works. It's like when when cars were invented, people were thinking, you know, that it was horse and buggy. So if you search the internet, say cars towed by horses, and people would get the car and they would put it to the horse because that's what they knew. That's the way their mind was working. That was just a, it was a fancy carriage. They didn't know that they can just start the car and drive it. It, it, it just seemed crazy to them. And that's right. like, see, we have a brain that we don't use. Properly. And if you, if you learn how to let go of the horse, then everything's available to you. That's what they found out with the, with the landscaper. He the guy, got her to do testimonial. He goes, I don't know what happened. It's magic. Right. It just exactly. Happened. He's 70 years old. Never had this in his whole life. Yes. We call it uh, frame of mind coaching voodoo. <laughs> same. Same idea, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. So here's what I, I want to do. Your, your, your page. That's what Yes. What I want to do actually with you in particular, Richard, is I want to spend a little more time with you one-on-one off of the podcast so that we can talk about how we can help you harness your skills, your talent, your magic. If that's okay, we'll spend some time together. In the meantime, for those of you who are listening, who have your own magic, think about ways that you can transfer that knowledge to other people so that it becomes a process, a system, something that is teachable over time in a repeatable manner. 
Richard, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I really appreciate your time. I love spending time with you. I love learning about you and your journey. For those of you who are listening, if there is a challenge that you would like to share on the podcast, please reach out to me. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. And for those of you who have a challenge that you're not so comfortable sharing on the podcast, please reach out to me anyways. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Richard, thank you so, so much. Thank you, Kim.